and bring the second part of the message I started last week, a little mini-series um, called Good Success. And it's taken from Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, where Joshua's inherited the leadership of Israel from Moses, and now he is tasked to walk with God and lead them across the Jordan River into the Promised Land and through all those great battles as they clear out the land, take possession of the ancient land that God had given to Abraham. So let me share with you this one verse in verse 8 of the first chapter of Joshua. God says to Joshua, This book of the law, for we Christians we could say this gospel, this word of God, this gospel of Jesus Christ, shall not depart from your mouth. Robin said something about our, our profession of faith. This word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night, so that you may be careful, King James says, so that you may see how to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. God had given Joshua a, a job that he was to pour his life into. And God has given all of us a mission and a job. Don't look at this and say, well, you know, obviously God wanted Joshua to have good success and to prosper because he was on a mission from God. He was supposed to lead the children of Israel. You have families, you have children, you have jobs. Guess what? That's all God's mission. Thank you for that little peep I got there. (laughs) Praise the Lord. That's all God's mission. We say that the Lord has redeemed our life. We say that it all belongs to Him, but then we want to separate it out and say, well, when I get up in the morning and deal with my household or my family, I go to my job, that's kind of my life. But Joshua, he got to work for the Lord. That's not true. If the Lord is the Lord of heaven and earth, if the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, if we are the redeemed people of God, then everything about our life is God's business. And the way we conduct our life is something that we all will give an account for. It would be cruel for God to expect us to give an account for a life if he didn't care about it and it wasn't his business and if he didn't intend to be involved in our life to lead just as he led Joshua. So God is as concerned about your life as he was about Joshua fulfilling his. So let me by extension offer to you today that God wants you to have good success, and to prosper in your life that He has put before you. God has a plan. He wants you to prosper and succeed in that plan. And He wants your success to be good success. Good success. What is good success? Well, if we think about it, not all success is good success. Some people can succeed at things, but by the time they've arrived at their goal, or they have uh, achieved their success, they've lost so much along the way that the success isn't good. It's not, a, it's not good success. So perhaps, just by way of review, I'll take a moment and we'll, uh, I'll bring up four things that are good success. I want you to think about your life, your marriage, your job. I want you to think about your walk with the Lord, your life in general and everything concerning it. It's good success when it brings you to a good place when it brings you to a God place. Where are you going? What's your destination? What are you going to arrive at? When you finish the project, 
where are you going to be? Good success brings you to a good place or to a God place. Secondly, good success leaves you in a good condition. The success doesn't come at the expense of your life, your happiness, your joy, your peace. Jesus doesn't spend and destroy you in the process of fulfilling His will. Taking up our cross and following Jesus has to do with denying self-will. But it doesn't mean that we subject ourselves to the thief who Jesus said comes to steal, rob, kill, and to destroy. In other words, and I'll see if I can get this tongue twister straight. I struggled with it last week. You, it's not good success if you spend all your health getting wealth, only to turn around and have to spend your wealth to recapture your health. That's not good success. That's not God's idea of success. Also, good success sets a good example. The end does not justify the means, because in God's mind, good success involves step one as well as the conclusion. It's the journey along the way. If you think that just succeeding in the end is what counts, and your behavior in the process or along the way is all that matters, then you don't really realize what good success is. Because good success is setting a good example as you're heading in that direction. Can you say amen? amen. And finally, good success credits good truths. When, when they write the book or when you write the book about how did I navigate my family through those difficult years, It'll be good truths, the law of grace, righteousness, the law of kindness, the Bible says, was in her tongue of the Proverbs 31 woman. Good truths, good principles, godly truths are the truths that you will hold up and say, this is how I got to where I was at. A lot of people succeed and the advice they give along the way, you would, you know, put your hands over your kid's ears, you wouldn't want them, don't follow that instruction. You understand what I'm saying to you? So could I just simply say to you by, by wrapping this up, and then I'll go into what today's uh, part of this lesson is about, that good success results from a blessed soul. Good success results from a blessed soul. And that brings me to the, to the thing that I want to share today. Um, it, last week we talked about vision and how important it is to have vision. If you're going to have good success this week, let me talk to you about the blessing. Everyone say, the blessing. The blessing. You know, I, I'm, I've been sort of amused over the past 10, 15 years of how the word blessing has worked its way into our secular culture. While our secular culture is sliding further away from God and deeper into darkness, the word blessing or it's a blessing, or oh, you're blessed, or I'm blessed, is becoming increasingly popular. And I just find that amusing because I think to myself, what do they think the word blessing means anyway? And so I suppose we're watering down and cheapening the word blessing, divorcing it from the concept of God and blessings coming from God, um, or a blessed life is one that is walked with God or seeking God. And we're just separating it, saying that anything good basically is a blessing. And I, I suppose in a watered-down compromise world, that's probably true. But I want to use the term blessing in its full potency and strength. I want to use the high-octane version of the word blessing 
in what it actually means. And let me just say to you that God has wrapped up all success and all prosperity in His blessing. Now, I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes and just that'll kind of give bloom to that statement, help you to understand what it means. But I do want you to just reach out, take hold of that statement for a moment. Now, I'll just repeat myself just so that you can see what I, we're wanting to hold on to. Hold on to the idea that God has wrapped up all success, all, all prosperity. Now, when we use the word prosperity, people usually think money, getting things, new house, new car. We're kind of programmed in that way. But most Christians, especially people who have been saved for a little while, they understand that, that prosperity and success is, is much more holistic and it, it involves um, all the good things as God has ordained good things in our life taking place. So your marriage could be successful or it could be a failure. Your relationship with people can be prosperous or it can be poor. The opposite of, of prosperity is what? Poverty. Poverty, lack. You don't want to do anything in life and suffer lack, come up short. You want to have everything that you need to be the person that God has called you to be. He's given us the fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. He's given us the church. He's given us the body of Christ. He's given us His Word, covenant, the blood of Jesus, righteousness, grace. God has surely put everything into our life so that whatever God wants us to be, He has invested in us all that we need. 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. So we get the idea that God wants us to be successful and prosperous. So as you listen to me share this morning, you certainly can think in abstract terms of this thing that I'm preaching as a principle. But I hope that you think about in specificity, your life and what's going on in your life right now, where you are in life, and your energies and time, and what's what your energies and time are being poured into, your objectives, as we said last week, um, vision. I had quoted the guy last week who had said you should spend 30% of your time living in the future, thinking ahead to the future, because it's very hard to have big ideas when your entire life is... is, um, is stuck in a reactive workflow. So we, we want to be looking ahead. We want to have a vision. We want to move forward because God's idea of our life is stretched out over an eternity. God's whole idea of success and prosperity is all packaged in something he calls his blessing. Do you have, do you want the blessing of God in your life? Your attitude about having God's blessing is very important. I, I understand and I, and I admire the, the humility and the compassion or, or the, 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 um, uh, the humbleness, I should say, of people who say, I don't want to bother God with this. He's got much more important things on his mind. There's, and they'll cite things that are going on in the world, conflicts and needs. And they, you know... I never laugh at that when people say that because I understand what they're saying. You know, they're thinking about others suffering who is worse than their own. But, but God is not a man where, you know, it's like, well, this is, God doesn't say, well, last Thursday was a tough day. Uh, did you happen to see the news, saith the Lord? 
and all that was going on with ISIS and the Christians and, and uh, you know, the economy and then the, the floods and the fires. And so I understand people who might have a tendency to say, don't want to wear God out. He's, you know, he's really got a lot to t- deal with. I don't want to bother him. But I, I have to say to you again, if you really understand that you're dealing with the almighty God, who holds the universe between his thumb and his pinky in the palm of his hand, who breathed life into us, hallelujah, spoke things into existence, then I, I, if he's the one that you're thinking about, the one the Bible declares as God, do you want his blessing? And do you believe that he can afford to give it to you? Can God afford to, to carve off you ever go into one of those Brazilian steakhouses? They walk around the tables with a giant slab of meat. Man, you talk about a, a carnivore's house of blessing. That is where you want to go, man, if you're a meat eater. They just come around, they just slice off. Would you like, do you think God could afford to slice off more than enough to fill you up if you go to God's steakhouse of blessing? God can do it. It's no shortage. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not going to cause somebody else to go without or not get the attention from God they need for God to give special attention or special favor to you. Having said that, let me share with you what Jeremiah 17 and 7 says. Actually, verse 7 and 8. Listen to this. My blessing, this is God speaking. Everyone say, my blessing. God says, my blessing is on those people who trust in me, who put their confidence in me, They will be like a tree planted near a stream whose roots spread out towards the water. The tree has nothing to fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no need to be concerned in the year of drought. It does not stop bearing fruit. So God says, my blessing is on the people who trust in me and who actively put their confidence in me. And they'll be like that tree whose roots are, are going out to the water. And you can see, he says, when the seasons of adversity come and go and the outward life of that tree, it doesn't affect the cycle of fruit bearing. That tree bears fruit, period. Its leaves keep going back. Wind knocks them off. Cold dries them up. They just pop right back out again. The thing can't be killed by its circumstances. Because it's drawing its life from deep down within. Deep in, the, in is its, its life. And are the roots of your life reaching into Jesus Christ? When everything, the winds of adversity in life is bearing down on you, do you respond by fighting back against life? Do you respond by fighting the cold, fighting the wind, fighting the circumstances, worrying, stressing? Or do you go deep down? where the circumstances are not originating from, but where your life is hid with Christ and God. He said, the life I now live in in Galatians 2.20, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So you see the roots are going down. So what does this say about good success, having God's success in your life and prosperity? It's the blessing of the Lord that brings success in our life, which means You don't have to ruin your soul seeking and chasing after success and wealth when instead you could just seek and chase after God's blessing and let let it be well with your soul. 
God knows that if you chase money, if you chase fame, if you chase the favor of men, you'll ruin your, your soul. You will impale your soul on all of the miseries that Jesus came to deliver us from. Don't ever make the mistake to think that because he came to deliver us from those miseries that men impale their lives upon in the pursuit of natural things, that that means that in seeking him, he has no interest in helping you with those natural things or giving you those things. And I'm sure you're sitting there thinking of Matthew 6 and 33, and if you're not, you should be. Which, which, the, which Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you because your father knows that you need these things. So God says, I want to bless you. I want to make you successful. But I want your soul to succeed. And so, praise the Lord, you don't have to ruin your soul chasing things. Chase me. Chase me. So what's the answer? When the bills pile up, when the sickness is about to take your life, when you're about to become an invalid or crippled and you're facing, you're facing possibly the end of your life because of these things, rather than allowing the circumstances, rather than allowing Lucifer to scream into your ear through the circumstances saying, God wants you dead. God wants you bound. God wants you broken. Let me just say to you, God doesn't want to break you. He wants to break you in. If you, if you remember my message about the, the hard leather glove that, that I took my dad's gloves when they were uh, le good leather gloves, went out in the, the snow, and then I put them on the radiator to dry them off, and they were ruined. They were hard. You know, we become brittle and hard. God doesn't want to break you, crush you into pieces. He wants to break you in. Little of that oil, just gently massaging, working into your life. He wants to break you in so that he, he can fit his hand into your life, so that you can move with him. So God doesn't see the brittleness of our life. He doesn't bring those things upon us to destroy and to break us. Don't let the devil taunt you through your circumstances and tell you, yes, I know the Bible says this, but that's not true for you. God doesn't want you well. God doesn't want to lift up your life. God doesn't want to cause his countenance to shine upon you. In fact, for some strange and inexplicable reason, you're just going to have to hang on and believe that God does want to oppress you. But it'll be good for you. Just trust me. And you don't want to trust that voice. So the fact of the matter is that you don't have to ruin your soul chasing those things, but you also don't have to give up the fact that God does want to help you, that he does want to bless you. So the scripture says, the blessing of the Lord, Proverbs 10.22, makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord. So the Lord says, rather than chasing the world and chasing these things, chase my blessing. Now the reason I say this is because if I'm talking to Christians, Christians tend to assume they have the blessing of God. What we have is entitlement. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we have a new covenant with God which brings entitlements into our life. They are entitlements. We do have entitlements. We are entitled to abundant life. We are entitled to the 39 stripes of Jesus that healed us. We're entitled to have our needs met. But not everyone who has entitlement 
actually receives those blessings. So it's the same way, uh, not everyone that gets an inheritance just automatically has the benefits of those inheritance. Uh, oftentimes there are conditions in using the inheritance that God has given us. And, and how do we take advantage and receive those things? So it's very simple. The Lord says, seek my blessing. Seek the blessing of God. Do you really want to be blessed of the Lord? You know, there's a lot of Christians, like I said, instead of pursuing the blessing of God, they have entitlement mentality. And they think that, well, just because I'm saved, these good things should be happening. And if they're not happening, then God obviously doesn't want them to happen. And that passive idea just is completely opposite of everything Jesus said about being a disciple. A disciple should be living a deliberate life, not a passive life, not a life where you float down the river of happenstance, but a life where you study to show yourself approved, as it says in 2 Corinthians uh, um, 2.15. You can check me out on that. I think it's 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show yourself approved. God wants us to dig into the Word, find out what our covenant is, and stand on those things, and not just assume that if they don't come, we don't have them. So the blessing of the Lord is God's favor. The Lord loves you and He wants you to enjoy His favor. But guess what? Our attitude about God's favor has everything to do with whether we're going to pursue that favor or ignore it and just expect it to happen. <coughs> Does that make any sense to you this morning? So God's favor, it's the blessing in God's favor that brings success and that brings prosperity into our life. You cannot get the blessing of the Lord by seeking success. Seeking money, seeking material advantages. If you set your eyes on those things, try to make those things happen. Make those things the objective of your efforts and, and your faith and your expectation. You're not going to arrive at the place that the Bible talks about as the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord only comes by being a tree of righteousness. You know, I share with you the scripture in Jeremiah. My blessing is upon those who put their trust in me. As a result of putting their trust in me, they are planted by that river. And, you know, Psalm 1 is also the place where it says that we shall be like trees. And what does it say in Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 3? He gave me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Slow down with me for just a moment. Beauty for ashes. That's a very broad, very broad term. Think about it. Here my life lay in ashes. God's plan is to replace those ashes with beauty. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I know these are all um, spiritual terms, and uh, they are very broad. They can be a little abstract, but the basic idea is that God has sent Jesus Christ to redeem our life, to improve our circumstance, to improve our life. And it goes on and says that he, he gave the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, so that He may be glorified. God's plan is that you are seen by the world as the planting of the Lord, 
the tree of righteousness. I want you to repeat this phrase with me. I am a tree of righteousness. Now, that phrase, tree of righteousness, infers that righteousness gave you your birth. You're a tree of righteousness. It doesn't say you're a tree that is out doing righteousness, although we should be doing righteousness. In other words, God didn't walk along in life and say, there's an ugly tree, there's another ugly tree, that's a really sinful tree, that's a lukewarm tree. Now there is a righteous tree, I think I'll save it. No, it says you are a tree of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, which means that blessing comes when we recognize the fact that we were birthed out of God's righteousness. In 2 Corinthians 5, it tells us in verse 21 that, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ because He took our sins and became the offering for our sins. Therefore, He pronounced us righteous. The reason you can stand before God today and say, I stand righteous before God is because you're not looking at the perfection of your own behavior. Though you're trying your best and you're walking in sanctification and you're seeking to obey the Lord, you and I both know that you're falling flat on your face every once in a while. Anybody here would say, no, I don't ever make those mistakes. I really am righteous. I've got this thing wired up. You are saying, I am righteous because he has proclaimed you to be righteous. And guess where your righteousness comes from? His right to make that declaration. That's what righteousness is. He has the right to declare you are in the family of God. You are in right standing before God. So the blessing comes from realizing you are trees of righteousness. The more your roots reach to that water of the truth of God's word, drink in the righteousness of Christ, receive the grace of God, let your life be governed by his word, seeking that wisdom, seeking refuge in him, making him your treasure, it's not just that your behavior is going to conform, it's that his righteous life will bring success, bring blessing, bring favor. That gives you the right to say, I am not going to allow the devil to defeat me. I'm not going to let him rob me. I'm not going to let him steal from me. When I find the promise of God, I expect to succeed in whatever God has sent me to do. You're not supposed to fail as a father. You're not supposed to fail as a wife. When you do have occasional battles that you lose, it's not the end of the war. Losing a battle or losing several battles doesn't make you a loser. You're just a child of God that's having some difficulties. Are you listening to me? Look, I raised a couple of kids. And, you know, about seven, eight, nine years old, when I could see patterns of mistakes in their life, I didn't boot them out the door. I said, you got to your 10 years old, and you, gotta, you better get this thing wired, because you're going out, out, I'm telling you. No, I didn't put them out, and God, the Lord's not going to put you out. Do you understand what I'm saying to you this morning? The blessing of the Lord. Do you desire to be blessed of God? He wants you to come to him and desire that blessing. When you make Jesus your treasure, your source of happiness, 
your refuge. He becomes your healer. He becomes your provider. You should expect Him to meet your needs. You should expect Him to bless, expect Him to heal. In the little one-chapter book of 3 John, verse 2 says, Beloved, I desire, everyone say desire. I desire above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So God does not want you to pursue success. He wants you to pursue blessing, the blessing of God. And as you're thinking about this this morning, if you're realizing, you know, maybe a lot of the difficulty I've been having is that I'm struggling and I'm anxious and I'm, I'm losing my happiness, losing my peace because I'm struggling to be successful. And you know, there are a lot of Christians out there who honestly in their heart of hearts don't think God is interested in the job they get up and go and do six or seven days a week. Or managing their finances or paying their bills, raising their family or dealing with their, their, their interests. Or when they go on vacation, it's amazing how many people... They get in the car, the Winnebago or whatever it is, and they head off for a two-week vacation. And in their mind, they feel like, you know, I'm on vacation. We're going to have fun. And I kind of feel a little bad that we're just going to do nothing but have fun. We're going to swim every day, and we're going to watch movies at night. We're going to do all this stuff. And so we're kind of leaving God back, you know, at home because God's not interested in our recreation. You couldn't be more mistaken. Your whole life is God's business. Hallelujah. He wants you to be successful at that vacation. He wants you to prosper at, uh, you know, some of you are trying to work out, you know, recapture your youth or stay vital or whatever, but you think, oh, this is vanity. You know, if you think that it's vanity, maybe you are chasing success. Maybe you are chasing vanity. Chase the blessing of God. You'll get further down the road by saying, I believe God wants to keep me youthful. I believe God wants to keep me uh, uh, full of energy. I believe God wants to keep me the good-looking devil that I am today. Hallelujah. You know, just kidding. Not. But you know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. I, I, I desire, John said, above all things, that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. That's the key. Because when you chase the blessing of God, your soul's in the right place. You're in the right place. You're God's child. He's your everything. The key to the blessing of God, and I, I only have a few minutes to make this, this last really big point. Uh, the key to the blessing of God is to desire and pursue it as a blessing rather than a reward. You must stop treating the blessings of God as rewards for your behavior. You need to see that just like your salvation and your right standing before God, you can't earn it. It is given to you as a gift. It's because He loves you that He gives you salvation, that He gives you health and prosperity and success. All he wants from you is to see him as your father. See Jesus as the Lord who came into the world because he loves you. First John said, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he first loved us and gave himself for us. 
to be that mercy seat for us and to give His blood for us. And so, stop seeing the blessings of God as things you need to earn. As though when you make mistakes, you lose the entitlement. Pursue the blessing, especially when you make a mistake. Especially when you know, I, you know, I haven't been praying like I should and I fell flat on my face. Go before God. Go before His altar and say, Father, you know I blew it and I'm not even going to lie. I blew it and I ask you to forgive me. And Lord, bless me. I need your blessing. You know, David wasn't under the new covenant. He was under the old covenant. But David was straddling those two covenants. I guarantee you, he had one foot in the Abrahamic covenant. and He was reaching with the other into the new covenant. You could tell in his mind. That's why David was able to do things all those other people weren't able to do because he was operating in new covenant principles. Hallelujah. And when David sinned with Bathsheba and, and arranged for her husband to be put to death, um, it was just horrendous. Yet, once he got his heart back right with God, he immediately said, bless me. Bless me. I need your blessing. In fact, one of my favorite psalms by David is in Psalm 27, verse 4, where he says, One thing have I desired, that also will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, that I may behold and see the beauty of His presence, and I may inquire at His temple. That's, that's what God is looking for, that you want to be with Him that you want to see the beautiful truths of His Word and that you want to be able to ask. I want to be able to come to God and ask for what I need. The devil tries to bring condemnation into your life to keep you from inquiring, coming before Him and saying, man, I can come to God with anything and everything. Hallelujah. So success and prosperity depends on you knowing He wants to bless you and going after that, desiring that blessing. One thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. You should seek God's blessing every day. You say, well, if I'm blessed, why should I seek it? It's the same thing with entitlement. My kids may be entitled, but they have to show some maturity, some effort, some appreciation. They have to show that it matters to them. I don't just fork over things. I, when I was raising my kids, I just didn't fork over things because I wanted my kids to have them. I know that a lot of parents raise their kids that way. They can't wait for their kids to get a certain age so they can give them a car. Hello, somebody. They can't wait for their kids to, to uh, reach a certain age so they, can, so they can give them advantages and heap things on them. My dad taught me when I was growing up the quickest way to ruin a kid is to just give them their entitlements just because they reach your, level, your, your age of expectation. Instead, I know in, in our house that I wanted my kids to want those things. And I wanted them to want them with the right heart and the right attitude. I had no intentions of keeping the blessings away from my kids. But I wasn't going to ruin them with those things. I wanted them to want to be the person that could handle and manage those blessings. That's a blessing. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. He adds no sorrow to it. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So God wants us to want these blessings. He wants us to desire them, to seek after, to, to pursue 
being blessed of God. And I, I've run out of time, but I want to leave you with the thought of Jacob and Esau. I intended to take a little time and preach a little bit about them, but the two brothers, the one that was born first was Esau. He had the birthright by law. He had the entitlement of the wealth of his father's household. The second brother, Jacob. But as these boys grew up, Esau proved to be a young man who really didn't think much about the blessing. It didn't matter much to him. He really didn't care much. He just liked his hunting and fishing and running around. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But he was so interested in life around him, he didn't care about the spiritual aspect of relationship and fellowship with God and being blessed. Because he had all kinds of stuff. Blessing really didn't mean much to him. But his younger brother, Jacob, for some reason, he had a soul in him that was that was designed that, that when he looked at life, he realized within himself that the thing he wanted more than anything was God. I want God. I want the blessing of God. I'm not sure I understand what it is, but I want it. You see? I don't know exactly what it all involves, but I want closeness with God. I want the blessing of God. And so you know the story that, that Jacob obtained that blessing from his brother. His father on his deathbed blessed him. Esau went without. Esau lost his entitlement because he didn't use it. He didn't care about it. And there are a lot of Christians today that are not walking in the blessings they're entitled to because, quite frankly, they've, they've got their minds convinced of other things. The, they, don't, uh, they don't really comprehend the value of being blessed of God. But Jacob, who did value it, he pursued it. And one day, long after he had had the confrontation with his brother and his father, he found himself wrestling all night long with an angel of God. And the angel said, the morning's coming, I've got to get out of here. I don't know, there must be something about, uh, I don't know what that was all about, but the angel said, I've got to go, the dawn is coming. And so Jacob's like holding on to him. And he, he's got him. He won't let him go. Can you imagine fighting with God like that? He wouldn't let him go. And God said through the angel, you need to let me go. And Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. Exactly what he said. I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. He said, all right, I'll bless you. Did you know blessing is a, is a proclamation? That's why the words of our mouth are so important. It's a proclamation. It's a benediction. The angel said, all right, what's your name? Jacob, Jake, Jake the subplanter. He said, all right, we're changing your name. You're not Jacob anymore. You are Israel, prince with God. Whoa, prince with God. He said, yes, because you've wrestled with God and prevailed. You wouldn't let God go until he blessed you. See, God's excited when people go after him to, for the blessing. Are you hungry for the blessing of God? If you've been struggling with things in your life, rather than wondering how come it's not working out, go after Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, you paid the ultimate price on Calvary's cross. I, I don't deserve to be blessed, but I am grateful. And that blessing is worth whatever your blood was that you shed, all that suffering and all that blood. I don't want a drop of it to be wasted on my account. Lord, I want your blessing. I need your blessing. Pursue that blessing like the woman, the Syrophoenician woman, 
Yes, Lord, but even the dogs get the crumbs. How did she get that blessing? She wasn't even entitled to it. How did she get it? She got it because she absolutely believed that the Lord would give it to her. She believed that under all, underneath all of that restrictedness, that if she just persisted, he'd give it. She believed he was kind. She believed he had it to give. And she believed that he wanted to give it. And when he saw her persistence, he said, Lady, you're my favorite. I like you a lot. There's nobody in Israel like you. You've got it. And she got that blessing. Close your Bible. Stand with me this morning. I've run out of time. But we're going to pray together. God said to Joshua in Joshua 1.8, This word shall not depart. This word of God shall not depart out of your mouth. You should meditate in it day and night because then you will see how to succeed and how to be prosperous. Then you will have good success. Not all success is good success. But we want to have good success. Success that God will honor. Success that Jesus is proud of. Because it's success that he brought about in our life. As we made him Lord. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Father, we come before your throne. And we just want to say thank you. For all of the great and good things that you have given to us. Precious Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we come before your throne. Hallelujah. And we say bless us. Bless us today. For in your blessing is every need that we have. We seek you, Lord, because we have to have you, Lord. We love you because you first loved us. And Father God, we believe that we will never have a life so full, so healthy, so full of success and attainment as we would have when we seek you first, your kingdom, your plan for our life. Father, in Jesus' name, bless your people today. Bless them from the top of the head to the soles of their feet. In Jesus' mighty name, Father, I pray for those specific areas in people's lives today that they are concerned about their businesses, their families, their personal lives. Father God, I stand with every man and woman that is standing in the sanctuary this morning that is thinking about the specific details of their life and wondering. And I pray, Father, that you would put a desire in their heart to pursue you, to pursue your blessing, and that whatever gets in the way of receiving your blessing, that they would put it aside. Whatever activity they're involved with that's hindering that blessing, they would remove themselves from that activity. Whatever thought, whatever words that they're participating with that hinder them coming to your blessing, that they would put those things aside and pursue the blessing of God. For Father, we believe that it is your perfect will to bless your people, to make us trees of righteousness. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. Hallelujah.